0: Welcome to the Travel Moms Podcast. I'm Penny, your host. I talk with moms from all over the world who share their story, tips, and advice with us. Some travel part-time, full-time, anyway, you name it, they do it and they share it here with us. I hope that you'll listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Travel Moms Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 86. My guest today is a mom to three, an author, speaker, and a gypsy entrepreneur. They sold everything to travel the world. They are currently in Vietnam. That's where we'll be talking to her from today. I'd like to welcome Melissa at World Travel Ambitions. Hey, Melissa. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I know it's pretty morning for you. Uh,
1: Thank you for having me. I um, am so excited to just share a little bit about what we've been doing and um, inspire some people to get out and see the world.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what this show is all about. And I'm glad that you're uh, bringing your information and your insight to us, too. So could you uh, share some about you and your family? And what was the idea behind traveling the world? What got y'all started?
1: Okay, so a little bit about our family. So we're a family of five. Um, We're from New Zealand. My children are ages 13, 11. She's about to turn uh, 12 in December, so this month, and um, a four-year-old. So we've got a a blended family as well, which is quite cool. Uh, My oldest two, uh, we moved from New Zealand to Australia to live with my now husband in 2011 and then uh I guess we've I've had a dream to travel the world with them since I was a single mum in 2010 where it just all seems so impossible so this has been a, a quite a big dream uh one of those ones that was more like in the impossible but maybe basket and uh we, my husband and I, before we got married, we actually did a five-week trip around Europe without the kids. And I thought, oh, we really need to go back and do this with the kids. And uh, after we came home from getting married in 2014, gosh, you got that hit that wall. Like, I've achieved everything. Now what? And I looked at my, my list of things that I wanted to do. And I turned around to my husband. I said, would you go and live in Spain for a year? And I thought he was going to say No. and he said yes um so that was in in 2015 and then we just started trying to find out how people did it and how people traveled and we found another travel blog we actually found world travel family um, with Alison and James Long and um yeah we followed that and we realized oh my gosh people actually are traveling the world and it's not that weird and the more that we we kind of went down that rabbit hole, I think it sort of like was like the vortex opened up. <laughs> it was like stepping through a magical door, and we realized, actually, it's not just something um, that's just in my imagination that's impossible. It's actually people are out there doing it. and then and that was it. From then on, we just made the the commitment to making it happen, and it took us, you know four years of planning before we booked and then we we booked it and um we chose 2020 for the year that we kicked off world travel
0: so where are you calling in from and um what's it like being in in vietnam from uh for the pandemic and everything
1: yeah so yeah we um Yeah, first pretty much our first stop. So we were in Oz. We decided we would do uh, one month in New Zealand to say goodbye to our families. Um, So we went to New Zealand at the start of February and we we road tripped from the South Island up to the North Island. And um, then this sort of this pandemic thing, or at the time it was just COVID, um, was happening. And there were a handful of cases here and here and it wasn't really a worry. We weren't even really worried to be honest my mum was like oh what are you gonna do if this is a real thing and I was like oh I don't think it will be it'll be fine and I actually joked with her and I said oh worst case might get stuck in Vietnam and I was a bit joking you know because back then there were no cases anywhere really in the countries that we were going and I think here in Vietnam the total tally back then was about 16 cases so I really wasn't worried um, and we jumped on a plane at the start of March. I think it was like the, the 5th, 6th of March. We arrived in uh, Vietnam on the 6th. And um, yeah, the, the world quickly changed in the space of a couple of weeks. And so we were out here um, and our government had emailed us and said, look, if you want to go home, you need to go home now because we can't guarantee flights. And then at that point, flights were already being cancelled, left, right and centre, and we sort of thought, well, hold on, the whole world is freaking out right now. And we don't really think, like, this is our thought process at the time. We were like, oh, I don't really think it's going to close down for more than two months. Because reali- realistic, you know, we were thinking, well, airlines still need to pay their bills. There's no way they're going to shut the whole world down for two, two, more than two months. I think that would be extreme. And so we just thought, well, we, we're planning to go for, you know, one to two years so you know we'll we'll make it work yeah (laughs) and um yeah so we we chose to stay um and and it was a good choice for our family because like we saw a lot of families booking flights and they were getting cancelled and people were you know halfway between here and here and, and stuck on a floor somewhere in an airport because the connecting flight's gone and and I just thought you know we're doing this with three kids and it's the middle of a pandemic now um do we want to risk jumping on a plane and ending up halfway somewhere and getting stuck on the airport floor where we can't get anywhere because we can't get in the country and can't get out of the country or whatever mm-hmm. and I just yeah. thought no I don't really want to do it I just want to wait till things settle down um and so yeah where we planned to only be one month in Vietnam we've now been here pretty much nine months <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've chosen to stay here look because we're from we're from New Zealand which is obviously a couple of tiny islands on the other side of the face of the earth from everywhere and yeah. and our original plan had us going through we were going to spend a month in Turkey and go over to Europe for for a long time we wanted to actually do the Camino walk across Spain And what we've realised here, where we are, we're in one of the safest countries in the world based on the population size. Like I think um, Mm -hmm. Vietnam's about number seven in the world if you go off the worldometers. And considering two of those are boats, kind of takes it to like number five. It's a pretty safe country to be in considering the population and the location. Um, And so... We just decided it was better to stay, stay put rather than risk trying to book a flight anywhere and, and if we got stranded in Europe it's a lot worse for us because mm-hmm. obviously here in Asia we're only a couple of stops away from New Zealand but if we were in Europe um, we'd be looking at multiple flights to try and ever get home if we actually needed to and it was going to be astronomical the prices to get home. So I mean, while we, yeah. we sort of do want to change countries at some point, for us logically, it just makes sense to stay here. We're safe. The government's done a great job to keep things in control. We're having a great time. Like you said, we, mm-hmm. we've we got through this whole pandemic pretty much lockdown free. We had um, we had three re- three weeks of restrictions at the end of March. And what that looked like was us going out on the bicycles every day, out in the rice paddy fields, um, we still went to the markets a few times a week. Uh, we went swimming every day. So we we looked at the world and actually there was a lot of guilt for us back then mm-hmm. because we'd look at people back home who weren't allowed to leave their houses, um, who couldn't go to supermarkets, who couldn't do stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything was shut down and we, we were pretty free. We, I mean we the, our limitations were on like we couldn't eat out at restaurants and then we just got food delivered every day we we made friends with the lady around the corner and she was our like breakfast lunch and dinner sometimes
0: <laughs> oh, that's
1: awesome. and um well, yeah we we did it and we had a lot of fun, so we were really really extraordinarily lucky um. Yeah, and then and then that actually opened up so much for us because tourism here in Vietnam's not really a a massive thing anyway. But, um, like size wise of their industry, you know, this country's just trucked along because tourism isn't the main income stream here. Uh, Right, right. but because it uh, shut down so quickly, what we found because we actually were really lucky we got to spend the restrictions in Hoi An, so we were in like one of the biggest awesome travel places in Vietnam and and then we sort of were sitting through restrictions and we jumped in a couple of the expat groups and all of a sudden there's all these houses that are coming up for rent if we wanted to rent them for a month Mm. and they were just in all these extraordinary places that we would never have you know as a family traveling for a year two years you go on a pretty good budget you sort of go okay like we can do the odd splurge but for the most part we'd be staying in you know cheaper accommodation so we weren't looking at frontline beach houses anywhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know we had this opportunity so we jumped on it and we moved from our two-bedroom villa in Hoi An overlooking rice paddy fields out to Anbang Beach where we were front row front line of the beach with a view Mm -hmm. and a little outdoor kitchen and uh, we we lapped that up and and it was great we had such a good time Throughout those months, and then, and then it was sort of the end of COVID for Vietnam. And we, early in June, we decided we would make the make the trip up north, and we would do all the things that we wanted to do in the northern part of Vietnam. So we did uh, Cat Bar Island, and we did five star cruise on Har Long Bay, which apparently, from what I've been told, we've had an extraordinary um experience up there we were one of only two boats so we had our boat and our sister ship in the in the bay in the middle of the night and apparently usually in the middle of the night in the bays there would be hundreds of boats so <laughs> <Ooh, wow. laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine what that would be like not COVID um we've been out to spent a few weeks out in supper and we went out to a place called Ban gioc which a lot of people and when you come to Vietnam a lot of people will come for a little bit of time but you won't most people won't go out there. It's more a domestic tourism mm-hmm. kind of spot unless you can stay out here a long time. It's actually the border of, of Vietnam and China. So it was like almost international travel. Um, we, we were standing on the one side of the river and China's on the other side of the river. and there's a big waterfall is the border. Wow. Um, yeah, and we've been out to uh, some, a, a national park called Babi Lake's. Uh, and we've been down to Ninh Binh, and then that was about when we hit Ninh Binh. That was when the second outbreak happened here in Vietnam, and we were heading back down to Hoi An where the first outbreak happened, um, but we decided to stop and just be safe, and so we we are out here in central Vietnam right now. We're in a place called Phong Nha. If you ever come to Vietnam, please come out here. It is amazing. We're in a place called Phong Nha Farm Stay. And we have been here now accidentally for four months. We came here for one month thinking we'll just wait out the, the second wave. And um, then we we thought we had such a good month, we thought we'd stay an extra month. And then at the end of the extra month, we thought we'd leave, but then all the typhoons hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we were here for the biblical floods. I don't know if you guys saw them on the news over there, but the whole country or like the part of the country that we were in was one of the worst areas hit. So this Mm -hmm. place went six meters underwater. Um, It was um, unbelievable. It's still actually really hard to believe. When we stand up at the farm stay, you look clear across. You can't even see a river. And you look across at another community and you think um, one and a half months ago, it was underwater. And to the extent that it was underwater, that like there were no roads uh, on the low level. Our host, where we're staying, we're about two k's out from him. He came down to visit us on a boat. Oh, wow. (laughs) So he came down to see how we were all going and to see if our place went underwater. We actually didn't but um, we did get evacuated next door just in case precautionary because next door had a second level. Um, but this place didn't get flooded. So we we had over next door for three nights. And I've got some photos that are really interesting. Um, cool. Such such a good learning curve, hey?
0: Yes, yes. Well, thank <laughs> you for all that about Vietnam because I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, that country or nothing like that other than what the the history books tell us but um so thanks for sharing all that how are you homeschooling or what does school look like for them while y'all are there
1: sure so we actually made a conscious decision in uh, like 2016 to take the kids out of school because we knew that we were coming um and so we we in 2016 was when my youngest was born so we we tried we pulled the kids out of school we did initially distance ed so in Australia where we were um what that looks like is uh, a school kind of made up that that you more bring the school into the home and to be honest I really struggled with that I had a newborn baby who didn't sleep and the, the distance ed curriculum wants you to sit at home on a table for four hours and do the work. And that um, I had, that was my first entry to homeschool. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to do it. And I so I see, I understand, and I empathise with mums all around the world who have sort of had that kind of experience because of COVID, because schools don't understand that when you're learning in a home environment, it's so different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess what was awesome was we went back to New Zealand. We, I'm a home birther, so we home birthed my youngest. And then we uh, went back to Australia. And because it was just so hard and my daughter wanted so much attention, but my son actually really needed the one-on-one, we sent my daughter back to school. I thought, we'll just send you back for a year and we'll get my son sort of sorted and, and really used to homeschool so that he can sort of be a bit more self-directed. And then when mm-hmm. we pull you out, we can spend a couple of months getting you into the routine. And um, what we found out, I guess, was that school, school is is one thing. And and as mums, we get sent home a report card that tells us what we think uh, we need to know about our kids' learning. But we don't actually know until they come home. And and what we learned with my son was that we knew he was struggling he would said to us before that he'd felt dumb at school which really broke my heart um but when we brought him home i think it was the reality check we realized actually how how bad oh. it really was yeah. and so same. yeah exactly so we we focused on getting him up where he needed to be we actually transf we we weren't in distance ed anymore we did homeschool. So we actually leveraged like Khan Academy and the library and things like that. And we, we basically took him back to start again. We just started again. So, I Mm -hmm. mean, effectively he was eight. And like, to be fair, he probably didn't need to go to school all the years between five and eight. He probably could have just stayed at home because what we did is we put him back at kindergarten level and we, smashed through everything. We went back to the basics with books. We went to the graphic novel section of the library, which he ended up reading the whole entire graphic novel collection at our local library. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, we went back. We went back to to basics. We went back to kindergarten level. He learnt the whole kindergarten curriculum in one one term. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we did the same with year one. I think year two, it took him about two terms to get through. And then, and then we sort of brought my daughter home and we evolved into, into more the unschool, yes. unschool, <laughs> as you yeah. kind of do. So out here, what we, what we focused on is we've let the kids really choose what it is that they're interested in. So for my son, he's really interested in music production. So he makes music. He's got his own SoundCloud account with something like 70 or so tracks on it so far, um, and oh. we're really, really proud of him. And yeah. he also has an interest in the stock market, so he studies oh, wow. i know it's quite cool so he's been he's got a little app on his phone he does like um demo trading with stock, and he makes mm-hmm. a little bit of pretend money that way and he's also studying um forex, which is a little bit kind of what we're interested in, so he He did a a little intro course a year and a bit ago with one of my friends who is a forex trader and that opened up the the door for him. And so he's been learning a little bit about forex trading, um, which is exciting. So foreign exchange, which is interesting. Uh, And my daughter's really into art and anime. So her big dream is to be an anime artist and she's 11, and she's chosen, she she wants to learn Japanese. <laughs> so she's yeah. she's self-directed. She's decided she wants to learn Japanese, so she's picked up. She's got the Duolingo app, and I think another app might be Mango. And she's learning um, Japanese, and she does her anime art. And she's just, I, these are two skills. I don't have Japanese under my belt, and I don't, I'm, mm-hmm. If you ask me to draw a picture, I'll draw you a stick figure. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so she's um, she's just thriving. And with the little one being the little one, he's really been blessed, and I'm really blessed, that with the kids, when you do a home education scenario, the older ones teach the young ones. Mm-hmm. So I can't really take any credit for teaching the little guy, but he's uh, already doing, you know, he can do addition, he can count. He's starting to do his um, um, alphabet and things like that. And he's four. He can swim. He's very confident. So he can actually swim lengths of the pool and dive oh, cool. and do bombs. And <laughs> oh. and um, he's really neat. And the kids get to take, oh, my older kids can take the credit for that because when he was born, they used to just talk at him all day long. And so he was a really, he's quite an articulate speaker. He's got some very big words in his vocabulary and, and that's because the older children they've been teaching him from the moment he was born. Whereas, you know, mum life, gosh, we Mm -hmm. don't get to sit there and really stare at our babies for hours and hours at a time, teaching them all these words over and over again. But um, my kids were about, gosh, um, eight, nine and nine and seven or something when, when Elijah was born. So, you know, they um they just had all the time to give to him. So they they are all learning together. And I think even us as adults, like we're learning so much being abroad. Yep. My husband started learning Vietnamese because we've been here so long. Um and and we just yeah, we just sort of learn as we go together as a family, which which is neat.
0: That is awesome. That is awesome. And good for your kids learning at such a young age to be little entrepreneurs. That's, (laughs) that's a blessing in itself, especially with, you know, we don't know what the future is going to be like for them as far as the job market and everything. So to become an entrepreneur would be the best thing for them. That's what I tell my daughter.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you on that. And and that's actually a conversation I had today. was you know, when people, that's often a big question you get as a person travelling is what do you do about school because they're, they're very concerned that you're not schooling your children the traditional way. But I think that comes back to the key question, why are your children at school? Um, why are children at school? Because what will the answer to that generally first level is my kids need an education. And then, yeah. and then you say, but why do they need an education? And then they say, so they can get a job. And then if you go, okay, well, how many jobs in the world actually need the kind of education that you learn at school? And it's, this is the critical thinking because we don't critically – we don't really think why we're doing things quite often. We yeah. just take it for granted. And actually why we send our kids to school is nothing to do with education. Why we send our school kids to school, we think that we're preparing them for a job. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and when we actually go, okay – but you've actually got the world's knowledge in the palm of your hands physically right now. Probably if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing it probably on a phone, which has right. pretty much the entire world's information. We've actually yeah. got more information than the presidents in the 80s have available mm-hmm. to us. And we, when we grew up as adults, we didn't necessarily have access to that quite so easily um, and, you know, back in the past, it was an expensive thing to provide an education because you needed books, you needed encyclopedias, you needed yes. all the things to be able to educate. Whereas now we've got a transference where as parents, we actually have so much. And, and the limitation is not that we can, cannot teach our children because we actually don't need to. We just need to guide them and yes. show them what, what's available and how to learn. And in the world is their oyster. They can learn whatever they want to learn. So I
0: think, you know,
1: yeah, it's amazing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is, it is. Well, um, I think my last thing for you is I uh, would love to know, I've read up on a little bit about what you do and how y'all are able to afford to travel. So I'd love if you could share some of that information with us.
1: Sure. So um, a big part of this, we came abroad with the plan that um, we would kick something off. Before we ran out of money, uh, so obviously we saved a lot before we came. But still, in relative to you know uh, what we were, what we spent in one sort of short trip, so five weeks abroad, me and my husband spent um, the same amount of money as what we've saved to live off for a year out here. And um, so we saved, and we uh, decided that we would take a couple of businesses with us. And obviously, been COVID hitting. Things kind of didn't go to plan with those. And then our backup plan was like we were going to get a travel blog together. And um, that was probably not the best idea for a year of COVID when the world's biggest travel blogs weren't even making money. So that, that's that been interesting. Um, so we we basically opened up to everything. We said, right, well, well, we'll have a look at everything that crosses our path this year. And we've ended up... Um, having a little a little play with the forex industry and we're doing quite okay with it so next month that's actually going to be taking over as our as our income so instead of living off our savings in in december actually this month it's officially this month um this month we will get to start living off the returns of our forex trades which is quite exciting it's different
0: now, can you explain what that is a little bit? Like I said, I'd read up on it a little bit, so I know where you're going with it. But if if someone listening doesn't know, okay. how would you explain what you're talking about?
1: So we uh, popped in some money into an investment in a way. I guess it's not really an investment because they are, are trading. And obviously, trading comes with risks. And, and we've evaluated where we were at and felt okay with it. Um, and so our, we're not physically trading it, although we, we will also learn to physically trade it because I think that that's a really good skill set to have for life to be able to generate money. Um, but we have some regulated brokers who are taking our, our money and they look after it and they trade it 24 hours a day, five days a week. So Monday to Friday and we get paid every Saturday, um, which is pretty exciting and we don't have to know about the news. I don't need to know about what's happening in all the economies around the world, which you usually would need to know if you were doing it yourself. Um, and and we just uh, watch that kind of come in. They trade roughly about 1% per day, which actually, although it can sound a lot, and we have heard that, and people go, oh, that sounds like so much. Um, I actually know people who do real life trading themselves and they are getting more than that per day. So um, it's quite neat that, that we know our traders are probably actually trading a lot higher than 1% per day, but they take their cut for themselves. And then what, what we're left with is roughly usually about roughly a 1% per day return. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it is really exciting and it's it's growing at a speed that we didn't expect, it's definitely helped um, us out this year and I know it's helped out a lot of families. So it is really exciting. Um, the unfortunate thing is the, the, the trader that we're using is not currently approved by the American authorities. So the SEC, they're still undertaking work to get approval over there. But they are approved across um, like Europe, the UK, Cayman Islands, um, Cyprus. I think South Africa. There's a few places that it's actually regulated. So um, if it comes to the US, it's it's amazing. People, I think they're trying their best to to get it through the hoops. But um, you know, as a com- country that's highly regulated, it's it's they've said you know when it happens, it will happen. But at the moment for now no but it's it's been incredible it's been really uh probably a lifesaver for us i think you know like i said we came over with enough money to last for a good year while we got things sorted out and um when the travel industry fell over i mean having a travel blog was the backstop and we yeah. knew we could do it but but we could do that in not covid times and so we're still building the travel blog and in the and in the hope that when travel bounces back you know we have another little source of income but that's for now our primary thing is the the forex trading and we're looking at actually opening up like a kind of in that that sense that we would like to get off Facebook a little bit and and like we love Instagram so we'll probably stay there but um, we're looking at starting maybe a community either on A Patreon or maybe a Mighty Network so I'm just playing with those at the moment and I think predominantly I won't charge for it but there might be like some incentives if people want to jump on Zoom calls with us um, and things like that we might do like a little paid sort of membership type thing but we still want to keep our community open and and talk about things like what we've talked about today you know with the, the education and stuff so that's sort of on the horizons for us going forward
0: wonderful now if someone wanted to find out more information from you where can they find you at to get more information about what y'all do with the trading
1: um predominantly just our instagram so we've we've got instagram world travel ambitions um is what you can what you can find us so if you come and have a look at the travel moms podcast you'll see somewhere in there there'll be a post probably with us and um you'll be able to probably connect with us there um, or you can head to our website, which is worldtravelambitions.com. I haven't put heaps about what we're doing there yet, but I, I will start sort of incorporating a little bit about how we fund it. I didn't talk to, too much about it at the start and people always want to know like how much did you go with and stuff like that. Yeah, and how. initially initially I didn't really want to say because it was what we've done is pretty ballsy really, to be honest. Um, a lot of people wouldn't have wanted to do what we did and then stay the way that we did. And we've had a lot of things happen that have just been sheer luck that has kept mm-hmm. us out here. So, um, you know, I, I've been really, I've held off sharing a lot of that until I felt really secure that we were good to stay. Cause I didn't want the naysayers to bring it down. I just yeah. thought, well, I'll wait till we've been abroad for a year and we've got this thing coming in and then I'll talk about the money because I think that's more empowering I mean as much as it would have been quite cool to share it from the start and but then you've got the whole world looking at you going are you really going to be able to do that and and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have any of that doubt flooding it at all I needed to have a clear mind that we could do it um so yeah we'll start sharing some of that stuff and and that's going to be be really neat it'll inspire a lot of people
0: well that's wonderful thank you so much Melissa for being on the show today I've really enjoyed listening to your story and all that you had to share with us Well oh, thank you
1: so much for having me I really
0: love sharing and inspiring families like this is this is just so much
1: fun I think if you've got a chance to do it gosh you've really got to just go do it yeah
0: absolutely absolutely well thank you and until next time may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome Wow, that was another great show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. These moms always inspire and encourage me to get out and just see the world. And I hope that they inspire and encourage you also. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Travel Moms Podcast on Facebook and our website. And you can also listen to these podcasts anywhere the podcast is available. Our two favorite ones are Spotify and Apple Podcast. Until next time, may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome.